I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Syracuse football gets crushed for the third straight time. We'll go over that game against Boston College. Syracuse football wrap-up. Syracuse basketball starts 5-0 and with a win over Toledo. And we look ahead to Maryland. Some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Juice Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Juice Nation podcast. All right, what's up, Juice Nation? Welcome to episode 40 of the Juice Nation podcast. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and YouTube. Once again, welcome. I am Sean alongside my good buddy Joe. Joe, how's he, how you doing today, buddy? Good, Sean. How you doing? I'm all right. So, um, you know, I guess the football season's over. That's 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 the good news. Um, <clears throat> it was awfully hard to watch the uh, the last three games. I mean, with the defense was just horrendous. Um, you know. When you read, when you read, and you talk about, we t- we've talked about before, the way they finish the season, and we've talked about before, what comes first, the the wins or the fans in the seats. I mean, you know, you're in a huge dilemma right here, and Dino Babers finishing up his second season again, uh, four and eight. So, um, you know, they're gonna have they're gonna have to win to fill the seats. the The expectations of the fans is, you know, the patience is running out. And in Dino Babers, you know, defense, it's only a second year. He's still kind of rebuilding. You got a lot of really good seniors leaving, um, and but you got Dungey coming back. So, uh, yeah. But the thing about it is, is that the past three games, the defense has allowed. Uh, let's see, seven hundred and thirty-four yards against Wake Forest, 727 against Louisville, and 581 against Boston College. It's 2,042 yards in three games. Yeah. An average of 681 yards a game. I mean, yep. that is brutal. That and, is- and ironically, those are the three games that Eric Dungy was hurt. So, yeah. And we- again, it's just one of those things I think that it's not a fluke, you know. You know, when you're when you're practicing with a team, you know who's good. You know what who can lead you to a victory and who isn't really ready or who just doesn't have the skills. And I think it was pretty evident that um, as as much as Dino Babers is a great motivational uh, speaker, and as much as they've suited up to play 
and they've showed up and played physical and, and tried um, in the back of their heads. They know that without Eric Dungey, they're not going to be able to win. And that happened last year too. So that's kind of a common theme so far. And hopefully Babers can break that with the new guys coming in. So, well, I did a little thing on uh, QsNationShow.com and the good, the bad, the ugly. The good is, is that Eric Dungey's coming back. Um, the bad is, you know, the second straight season finishing four and eight, like you've said, he's given, you know, we've had two big wins last year against number 17 at the time, Virginia tech this year, of course, against number two, Clemson, two huge wins, two historic speeches in the end, viral speeches from coach Babers is merely almost just a blip on the radar for the season though. Uh, not having Dungy. When we talked last episode, episode 39, about how Babers didn't think that affected the team, I think it's after Boston College. I respect his his answer, you know, and we talked about that. But obviously, like you said, I concur. Without Dungy, it's just it's a different team. Both sides of the ball. Yeah, and the way that Babers, Babers likes to keep it close to his chest, so the things that are, that are spoken in the locker room and the things that are seen behind <clears throat> closed doors, um, that's stuff that no one's going to see. The media is not going to see it. He's not going to talk about it. And the fans can only speculate. So realistically to me, um, to the fans and other people not having to go to the bowl game and the wins and all that, that's one thing. But when the recruits come in and they see what's happening with how Babers quotes it to La Familia and, um, and, and what's going on with the team behind closed doors and, and how they're changing the environment of the team. Um, that's only things that recruits can see and the team can see and the coaches can see. And um, I feel like that is really the strongest thing in my opinion. So the fans can think what they want. And again, I mean, I looked at an attendance thing and I think we averaged like 33,000 as far as attendance this year. And it was the fourth lowest in history, even though it was an upgrade to um, his last year. So um, I think the only three seasons was uh his last year, Scott Schaefer's um, last year, and uh, Greg Robinson's last year. So fourth worst attendance, but there's no doubt in my mind, dude. It's it's way it's way more fun to watch the offense. They're they're breaking records. They're they're playing with people. Um, they just got to get that depth so that when somebody like Dungy goes down. I mean, we don't. He doesn't have another excuse to have to not have a backup. That's like Mahoney, like we need to have a better backup and he doesn't have any more excuses. Next year is going to be his third year. And if Dungy goes down, like he has the last two, which should be expected at this point, we got to have something better. Is so it, is it fair to say if we end up in another situation next year where we end up, you know, somewhere's around four and eight or even five and seven, that you got to start looking at the coaching after three years. I don't think so. No. Okay. I think, I think truly, I, I do believe that there is going to be a turnaround. There's, there's no way in my opinion, as far as wins and losses wise, especially looking at the, the schedule that, um, that we're not going to be better than four and eight next year. So, I mean, you can quote me with that right now. I'm barring injuries. Uh, I just don't, I mean, DeVito's going to have another year. Mahoney's going to be gone. Culpepper showed a little bit of promise. He's going to have another year. So, as long as we have receivers and linebackers step up, I mean, we have depth. We're young. We're even getting a, a good recruiting class coming in, and we have an easier schedule. So if he does go 4-8, and eight, 
then yes, I do see where you're, where you're coming from. Um, but I believe in giving coaches time and at least giving them four years and Schaefer really didn't get that. Uh, Greg Robinson did. It takes time. Um, but I truly believe that we're not going to have a four and eight year next year, but that's just my opinion. So, well, let's see, you know, you're talking about it takes time and I agree. He had, um, Baylor, they took four years to turn into a 10 win program. There was <laughs> South Florida. They took four years to turn into a 10 win. Um, I mean, there's a couple more Michigan state took four years to turn into a 10 win program. Duke, yeah. Duke took six. I mean, they were just pitiful. It took him six years to turn. I mean, minus this year, they were yeah. at least competitive last year. Right. Um, took six years to turn that program around. Right. So, so you're right. It, it does take time. I personally like Babers, but you know, the, the, the knee jerk reaction is to call for his head. And of course, you, you know what I mean? And well, I mean, dude, you have Syracuse fans that call for Bayheim's head. So come on. I mean, <laughs> <No>. that's just, <laughs> no. it's, it's what the fans in Syracuse do. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. I mean, if you're yeah. not winning now, then we got to get rid of the coach, and that's just not how it works. No, so. you're right. Um, you were talking about just for the hell of it. They did release the 12 opponents for next year. This is no particular order, but we know what's home and what's away. Uh, the home games would be Wagner, Connecticut, uh, North Carolina, NC State, Florida State, and Louisville. They're all the home games. Those are some good home games. Yeah. Um, away games, Western Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, Pittsburgh, Boston College, Wake Forest. That's a brutal away schedule, too. Actually. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, it is. So uh, those are the games for next year. Um, Got to imagine, obviously, Wagner, Connecticut, Western Michigan. We know those are going to be first. Yeah. So um, everything else, but nothing else is in order is my point. So, right. um, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of uh, what do we got coming in for wide receivers? We're losing, you know, we're losing two record holders at, at Syracuse University for at the wide receiver spot. And, yeah. you know, Dungy's going to be having to learn 
uh, you know, some new personality. So, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, it's going to be a lot of the, the good thing is, is it's going to be, there's going to be competition everywhere. Cause like you said, there's a lot of balls to go around. I mean, you have record breaking receivers that are going to be gone. Um, you have Custis. Custis is going to be a senior, uh, Devin Butler. Uh, he struggles with drops number five. Um, but he's going to be back for his junior year. Um, a uh, little returner there, Sean Riley. He's going to be back. Nikeem Johnson uh, is uh, another freshman that played this year, number 82. He didn't play that much, but he got in there. Uh, he's got some uh, talent as well. But when we redshirted three receivers, I think we're bringing in four receivers with one uh, Hendricks, uh, his last name, and he's going to be a guy that could possibly come in and play. So we definitely have – I mean, we have seven receivers between um, – coming in re- recruiting class and uh, redshirting that are going to be coming in and competing with the other three or four that have played this year. So um, it's definitely going to be competition. And is there a possibility that, I mean, there's not, there's not going to be another Steve Ishmael, you know what I mean? They're going to have yeah, to work right. together and yeah. they're going to have to be more balanced all around, but there's definitely going to be open openings all over the place and there's going to be competition. And it's basically a bunch of positions ripe for the taking. So it's going to be interesting in the offseason as far as receivers go, without a doubt. And, and we just got we got crushed, but you wouldn't know it looking at Culpepper's uh, numbers on paper. Not that no. not that bad. Uh, no. Twenty four thirty four, only one interception, seventy seventy percent completions, two hundred and eighty yards, two touchdowns, and only one sack with a QB rating of one fifty three point three. So, yeah, not that Ishmael bad. Ishmael had a yeah. good day, so. I'm glad to see that Ishmael actually broke uh, Marvin Harrison's record, broke Amba Adetawa's record. So he actually has the record for the most catches in a, a season for Syracuse, and he also has the record for the most receiving yards for the career for a career for Syracuse. So, right. yep, um, yeah, amazing. He had an amazing career there, and you know he's going. He's got to be going pro. There's no doubt about well, that. Well. Yeah, I think he's definitely got a, uh, a better chance than Amba at a title. I mean, he he was more of a big play kind of guy. Steve Ishmael, you could see he's a possession receiver. He has no problem going across the middle. He um, he has strong hands. I mean, he didn't. He rarely dropped things. So focused. Um, yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on on basketball? We can leave this behind us for football. Or, yeah, I'm sorry for football, and we can leave this behind us, and 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 we'll pick it back up in the off season. Well, I mean, that's uh, we obviously is disappointment after Clemson, but Clemson that happened five straight uh, losses though, Joe. Two of that? those two five straight losses, two of those yes. with Dungy. You're right. Yeah, you're right. But at the end of the day, if you look at our schedule and you look how we competed, especially earlier in the year. That type of schedule is a gauntlet, and players get hurt, and we don't have the depth like that. Like Dino Babers says all the time, when you come in, there's a lot of just, there's a lot of players that transfer. There's a lot of players that are there that just don't fit your scheme, and this is a vastly, vastly different scheme on offense and on defense. So that's why this kind of transition takes time. Because if you have a similar scheme, similar system, then you can work with the players a little bit. But he kind of had to come in and work with what he had and then recruit for a system from there. So as you as we're going to go along, especially next year and then even the year after that, you're going to see more and more younger players playing just as you have this year and last year because that's just kind of how it goes. So, I mean, I'm I'm optimistic. I, I am, I'm going to be patient with Babers. Absolutely, um, I yeah, like him. I, I, and, I like Babers too. I I would I'm I'd be patient with Babers too. 
Yeah, and that. I guarantee you that there's going to be teams come calling, whether we hear it or not. And he's going to he's going to have options to get possibly possibly other jobs. And that's the whole thing that's crazy about this whole uh, this Syracuse fans when I call for Babers head or when I call for like coordinators heads and stuff. But meanwhile, they're going to get calls to get better jobs for more money. So that just tells you kind of how Syracuse fans are. Is they just really just they want to see the wins and they don't see that. I mean, there is a kind of silver lining with, with losing when you, when you play that type of schedule and you play that hard. So that's kind of what I see. And some people just care about wins and losses. So I see improvement and I see Babers is on the right track and I hope that uh, he stays and we can, you know, hopefully see what he has to do. But as far as Boston college goes, that running back AJ Dillon is a beast and Oh no! Boston, he's a freshman Boston right College, out of high school. Boston, too. Boston College is going to be a problem next year. I'm just going to go <laughs> ahead and say that right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, despite losing battle in the in the last game against Toledo, um, Syracuse basketball pulls out pulls out a win with um, uh, O'Shaper's set stepping up and also uh, Howard with another with another game high or career high. Uh, for for a game, uh, I think he had what twenty five. So, yeah. um, you know, I was really impressed with that. That's one thing that we definitely missed last year is when you know if someone was going out, there was no one. There was no one that stepped up. I mean, Howard, he wasn't stepping up for nothing. He was just awful. He's almost a completely different player this year, as far as I can see. And uh, Syracuse edging out Toledo seventy two sixty four. Uh, it doesn't look like it, it was. It was actually more of they got spun more than that, but more than eight points. Um, but you know they came close and we'd pull away. There was a lot of ticky tack fouls that game. It was funny because I just mentioned I just mentioned the, yep. the last podcast how I thought the refs were letting them play a little bit. Yeah. And then this this game was like ticky tack left and right. I mean we had both of our centers fouled out and they had to had to put um um. Dollar's eye in there, and yep. you know, and w- I told you, not a bad third option for center, really. I mean, that's no, not. I mean, it's not. It's not optimal, but it, no, it's not. <clears> there was, but it's not terrible. There was at least three three fouls there that I was like, eh, just really bad. Especially there's two on Chukwa that were just, you know, like you said, just ticky tack. Just it was unfortunate, but with him going out, that was a dangerous fall. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh God, here we go." I know, and then you he know, came but, back. He came right. He never even set out. He came right back in. And no, he went out and tested it, and you could tell. But at least you knew when he came out and tested it that it wasn't anything as far as like like spinal, you know, as far as right. like any type of bone or anything like right. that. You knew it was muscle, you know. Right. So yeah, he um, took a jumper just, and grimaced hard. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's what you do when you fall like that. You tighten up, and if you have like a violent fall like that, then. I'm sure he has lower back spasms is basically probably what's going on with him. He did practice, you know, though. He did practice. He but was I'm, limited. I'm, 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 he was limited. I'm hearing that. He, yeah. So uh, what do you but, uh, what do you think but either, tomorrow but, night? But he, um, I don't know. Lower I mean, back I'd, like to see, I'd like to see him. It's, it's hard to think that if he was going to play or if he wasn't going to play that we any Syracuse fan would think we had a chance. So obviously you have to watch the game with optimism, but. You have to do what's best for for him in the future of the team. You know what I mean? It, it's so. labeled as a lower back bruise, by the way, officially. Yeah. 
lower um, back bruise. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just going to be a painful thing that he's got to work through and just let heal. And if it means sitting him out so he can be healthy for Kansas or sitting him out so he can be healthy for UConn even after Kansas, then so be it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, in, in your in your opinion, were you impressed with the way that that Howard actually kind of took control? Of, in in not for anything, um, Brissett too. So he yeah. scored seventeen points. I mean, well, you know really what? Good. I mean, that's kind of what we what we kind of needed. I mean, I read today at Syracuse.com that I mean, you look at the teams that we've played, and uh, there's like three teams that Texas Southern, Iona, and I think Oakland. They were all picked to be the top of their conference. So we've played against decent squads that have given us a little bit of trouble in the beginning of the year or the beginning of the half of the game. And we've came back and we've overcome it with defense and 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 just figuring stuff out. Um, but with it's just tough because this this watching that it definitely it, it helped give me confidence in that people need to step up. So Ty's battle in there. They always have that crutch where if they think that something's going down or they're losing confidence, they can get it to him. He can get a couple of baskets, and for him to be able to go down and teams to be able to step up and actually finish out a team a game against a decent Toledo team, then it was pretty impressive for me, especially with the foul outs, with the, with the fouls in the center. You know, it's just... Yeah, no, it, was it, was, it looked ugly for a little while, and it was actually... It did. It, it actually, um, you know, it wasn't, didn't turn out to be half bad, to be honest with you. I mean... Well, but you have to put that pressure, and you have to put that kind of uh, responsibility on other players sometimes, you know? So you need you kind of need those those kind of games, you know? Yeah. Um, we didn't lose and players stepped up and probably gained a little bit of confidence with that. So that's yeah. really can only be a positive. It's just, you only hope that Ty's battle isn't out for that many games. Cause who knows how long that's going to last as far as like a full game, you know? Yeah, I know. And, and you know, we don't, no one knows how bad it is all that stuff's kept so hush, which I, I totally agree with. I'm fine with <laughs> yeah. that. Um, well, if it, if it was that bad, he wouldn't have practiced, but that so. right. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. That Toledo team though, Good, a good shooting team, and we were yeah. we were we were worried about that. We were worried about that with what's his name there, Sanford. Uh, no, Napke, Napke, Sanford, oh, yeah, Sanford Napke. too. But Napke, um, Sanford, he what averaged twenty three points a game. He was held to, he was held to eleven. So yep, um, yep, we held him in check pretty good. So yeah, not bad. They they came out on fire with the threes and whatever adjustments they made at the half, they stifled them after the half on the, the, they weren't that hot from behind the arc after that. And then that, that allowed us to kind of control it from there, I think. But yeah. Um, all right, Joe. Well, let me know. We have Maryland coming up Monday night. What time is that game? Do you know by any chance? I didn't check. I meant it's probably a seven o'clock or, but I'll, we'll check. Um, Maryland coming up. Yeah. Seven o'clock. ESPN two at seven o'clock. Okay, ESPN two. Or, Sorry about that. That's okay. Or the or ESPN two or the app, if you don't have ESPN two. I imagine if you have ESPN, you have ESPN two though, right? On cable. Yeah. All right. Um, tell us what we need to know about Maryland, Joe. Uh, Maryland is, I believe they're five and one, six and six and one. I believe. Yep, six and one. Um, only lost to St. Bonaventure. Um. My boy Ken Palm, in his uh, analytic KP. ratings, he has uh, Maryland 37th and Syracuse 54th. 
Um, that's probably just based on preseason and the fact they haven't lost that much. But um, Maryland's only loss is to, uh, like I said again, St. Bonaventure. Um, decent team. Uh, played in the Emerald Coast Classic this past weekend. So that's one thing to look forward to, even if we don't have battle, is that this is going to be their third game in four days. So they had a game on Friday and a game on Saturday. Um, so maybe um, them being tired might have something, you know, could help us. So they did their, we did our run every other three games, six days, and they went on yeah. their run. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but um, just a little, a uh, couple storylines. Uh, this is the eighth all-time meeting, and um, the Terps actually lead the series five to three. And uh, they got a couple guys that are that are pretty good. They're they lost a lot of guys last year, so this this team is tough to kind of try to figure out because they were a tournament team, but um, they definitely have height. They got a senior. I uh, can't think of his name right now, but he's seven one. Uh, another guy, uh, Bruno Fernando, is a freshman forward who's six uh, ten. Damn. And uh, yeah, and they got a their leading rebounder who's averaging nine points nine rebounds. Justin Jackson, he's at six seven. So that's you're looking at their center, their two forwards right there. Um, and they also have Anthony Cowan Jr., who's averaging fifteen points a game and is. Uh, led the team in scoring six out of seven games. So um, I have not personally watched them play this year, and I know that St. Bonaventure is a decent team. Um, right now, um, Vegas has got the line at Syracuse uh, as a two-point favorite. So it's kind of a throw-up game. I don't think anybody knows, but I bet you that line switches if Tyus Battle gets ruled out tomorrow. So Yeah, and it is in looking- the Dome, too. It's at the Dome, so it's at a home game. And, and again, like we said, it's, this is going to be the third game in four days. So hopefully um, hopefully it works out for us in, in the end. But they do have height, and it's uh, a Big Ten team that has obviously been good in the past. So I can expect – I would expect a close game um, because, again, Maryland is – they were – they have a lot of underclassmen that are running their, their team. So they had a lot of seniors leave and people leave for the draft. So – and that's kind of all I got. I mean, it's going to be a very competitive game. Yeah, and- it is. And, you know, we've got the next, you know, the next three games at home against Maryland. Um, and then we've got Kansas. And then we go to UConn. So yeah. those next three games are going to be, you know, they're really going to, they're going to show us either what we need, what we need to improve on. Um, which my guess would probably be scoring. I think um, you know. I guess we'll just have to find out. It's 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 hard to tell when you play these these mid major teams to really see what you've got. You know, we've held our own pretty good, and yeah, and you know, I think it's a decent team. It's better than last year so far to me, I believe. But we'll really get to know. You know, even tomorrow night against Maryland, and, and then you're looking at yeah. Kansas. You know, I mean, Kansas is ranked top ten. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, that's this is kind of what it is. It's kind of a barometer of where you are as a team at this point. Um, you have 13 non-conference games, and usually Syracuse ends up – I mean, in the old days when we were good, we were making the tournament like every single year. We were getting one, two losses in the non-conference, you know, being ranked, being 11-2, and 12-1, and one, going into the ACC play or Big East play back then. Um, last couple of years, it hasn't gone that way, and we've lost some games. You can argue that the St. John's games alone the past couple of years have, you know, hindered us from going to the tournament. So 
that's really what it comes down to right now is it's a barometer. We've played some decent teams, some teams that are going to be good in their conference, but at the end of the day, there are 14, 15, 16 seeds in the NCAA tournament. So we got to kind of right. see, kind of got to see what we do when we play against power five teams that have the same height and athleticism that we have. And that's kind of where we're going right now. So like you said, um, Maryland, Kansas, UConn. Then I think we got a home game against Colgate, and then we have a game um, against Georgetown. Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. So those are the four of the next five games, and we have a couple other games down the road that aren't going to be easy. St. Bonaventure, like I said before, beat Maryland, and we got to play them later in the schedule. So there's, um, it's definitely going to be a challenge, and like you said, it's going to be, it's going to basically tell us where we're at right now. You know, it's going to kind of, okay, you guys are beating up on this, these teams. Well, what's going to happen when you get guys, your size, your height, what are you going to do? You know? And that's kind of what we're going to look at. So, um, as much as we want wins, it's, it's tough because in our, in our instance right now, we know what Ty's battle can do, but at the same time, we don't really know what everyone else can do consistently and are on a consistent basis. And yes, people stepped up last game and, uh, you know, for 10 minutes for a quarter of a game, they stepped up and they, we had an 11 point lead, I believe when he went out. So, you know, they stepped up and they held the lead for a quarter of the game. Well, what are they going to do when Tyus battles out for the whole game? You know, that's kind of what I'm looking at as far as tomorrow goes. Is Tyus Tyus battle going to play? And if not, then it gives us a great opportunity for players to gain confidence and step up and see what people got when, you know, the person that you rely on the most on the team is gone. So it could be a great learning experience as far as Jim Beheim and the coaches to, to help with the rotation, but also for players to step up and gain confidence and see who's going to be the second, third, fourth score. Who's going to, who's going to take those minutes when, when crunch time and, and when you're playing against a good team, you know what I mean? Yeah, so step up. I mean, you know, coach played eight guys, um, all, all of them, you know, I mean, besides <laughs> they, they all played, they all played pretty decent. They all did their, did their part to, you know, yep. get things done. And, uh, it was impressive battle. Yeah. Obviously the star of the team, even being out half, almost half the, the entire, almost the entire second half still averages like 20 points a game. Yeah. So, so um, you know, well, you know what though, they have to get used to that too, because when they play, in conference and they play against teams that can match up with them. Like they know who they're going to have to stop. No, you're so, right. Exactly. You're you, right. You know what I mean? So our team's going to have to learn how to get by. If someone, you know, another team puts their best defender on Ty's battle and he gets locked down or they're double teaming him or they're helping on him. Like they're going to have to figure it out. It can't just be battle. No, so, right. yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where it could help, but at the end of the day, you still don't want to lose. So that was like the one thing that I was worried about with Toledo when he went out was like, oh, there's still a lot of time. And if these guys just start farting around and they don't know what to do because bad battle's not out there, then we could end up losing this. You know, I, I didn't want it to be, at least Toledo, I didn't want it to be a learning experience with them losing. At least it was a learning experience and they won. With Maryland, I don't think, and especially Kansas, I don't think it's going to be that bad if we actually don't have Tyus Battle. And it's a learning experience, but we end up losing because at the end of the day, the the committee at the end of the year is going to know that because they do put injuries into account. So yeah. we lose to Maryland, we lose to Kansas, we end up winning the rest of our non-conference, we get closer, you know, we're on the bubble when it comes to tournament time. They can look back and they can see, okay, well, this is when Tyus Battle was, you know, so 
I'm okay with those teams, but I'm just glad that we got rid of Toledo when Tyus Battle got hurt. So, yeah, that's true. I wasn't really that worried about it, but you're right. It could have been it could have been a disaster for everybody. No, I mean they went in a couple they went in a couple onslaughts where they were hitting threes left and right, and that's all they needed was you know that little run, and it could have changed everything. But Frank Howard stepped up, like you said, Brissett stepped up. Um, Dolge was all over the place. Matt, uh, Matthew Moyer had some good plays. Yeah, that's obvious, right. He did. That's right. And obviously, you know, and our centers were obviously active because they followed out. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you know, you know, ticky tack, but nonetheless, exactly. Right. Yeah. And obviously we're still going to look for, you know, the growth and the learning curve with the graduate seniors and Geno Thorpe. So hopefully, you know, that ends up working out as well. So. At the end of the day, we we knew, like already, like we like listen to us. We're five and zero. We're Syracuse fans, and we're already just throwing up expectations. What were our expectations five games ago? We had no yeah, idea what we the hell no we idea. were going to look at. Yeah. Now all of a sudden we're five and zero, and you know, so that's that's how crazy. And it, you and just there's fans win, way worse than us. Yeah. There's I, fans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. But what happens if Tyus Battle doesn't play and we lose? There's gonna be some negative stuff. Our team's trash. Da 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 da. Oh, yeah, fan. not gonna Bump. make the tournament. <laughs> you know all that stuff. Jim Beheim well, exactly. needs to go. He sucks. The two three right. zone sucks. Yeah. Everybody's figured it out, which is malarkey. Right. It's total yeah. malarkey. Yeah. yeah you, you're gonna no. hear it at some point this year, though. You're gonna hear that crap. No, it's all about the two three zones. All about if you have size as far as like length and you in your effort. Then it's all about the two three zone with Jim Beheim. It's all about what the players make it. Nobody figures it out. It just depends on how hard the players are going to yeah, make it. It depends on how good they make it. They it's exactly. only as good as they can play. Exactly. Yeah. That's all it is. It's all about how good they make it. And if they don't make it, like last year, they didn't make it look that good. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> therefore, the it changed everything. Yeah. You know? No kidding. So. That's well, just how it goes, and it's going to be interesting. But uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow nights for the first. Uh, temperature game to see where the hell we are yeah without a doubt so that game will be at seven o'clock tomorrow night and then they don't play again till december december 2nd on saturday which will be a nice little break again coming off of three games in six days and then and then playing a tough one against and they're gonna that's what that's what i said about ty's battle you know if he's that close and if it's like on the fence if he if he let him sit so we can play for kansas you know exactly great point um, all right, Joe. Great episode. Episode 40. We turned Yay! 40 episodes old today. Uh, no, and by man. the way, hey, go to Facebook. Thumb us up. I forgot to mention this in the beginning of the episode. I'm going to next time uh, just in case, uh, you know, so it's at the beginning. So everybody hears it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, that over a thousand <laughs> likes on the Facebook page. Uh, huge thanks to everybody. It's awesome. So go to Facebook facebook.com forward slash Q's nation podcast. Give us a thumb up there. Um, and I think that was it. I think that was it. I hope that's it. Cause I got nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case for Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. We'll see you next time. Let it. Peace. You just heard the Q's nation podcast with Sean and Joe.